Fabian's going to lay right there unless he needs to come out. But the whole thing we're talking about is Survivor Series. That's important to me. That's important to Damien. Now, Damien doesn't eat every day. No, sir. Well, well, why don't you feed that serpent? Because it's good for men and animals to wait. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host Peter Winston and today we go back to more normal times in the World Wrestling Federation. We're going to take a respite from boxing, perhaps forever. But Leonard the Lawn was a fun little foray into something that Titan Sports was promoting and shoving the advertising for down our throats, both on Superstars and in the other programs. But now we're back home on WWF Superstars from November 12th, 1988. So we're only 12 days from the Survivor Series ding. And that means, of course, we're going to get Survivor Series team promos, which is certainly my bread and butter. And I enjoy it very much. And there's nobody that I would rather have on this journey than a man that I also enjoy very much. My amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, the poet laureate of GFA Live, Mr. Keithy Langston. How are you? Hickory dickory dock. I want to say rest in peace to the one man with the giant cock. We we had a lot of fun with him. And, and we have sad. I know. <laughs> But I think when I think you and I were talking uh, on Friday, we went to uh, Chaotic, mm-hmm. and I said to you, I go, do you think that he went up to, uh, you know, he's up at the pearly gates and he knocked on the door and at Savage's house up there and there's a big poker game going on. It's Savage and it's Crush, uh, Mr. Perfect, Lanny, you know, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, and he walks in and he goes, ding dong, look at my schlong. <laughs> I'm hoping that when he came in through the door. Um, not that he said, look at this fucking lineup, like, uh, Richie April, but I hope he did that dance. Like he did during the Hogan match on Saturday night's main event where he was, he was prancing around, which of course is like a direct tribute to like what gorgeous George was doing in the fifties. And it like hits me, hits me a lot better now in 2023 than I did, than it did watching it in 1989 when I was just like, the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> I mean, the poker game in and Savage's house now has got to be like Feech Lamana level at this point, right? <laughs> I mean, you got you got Savage, Perfect, Andre. I'll even throw Arnold Skolin because I know he was a big COD guy in there. You got <laughs> um, you know, Piper. Piper's probably in there friggin' putting chips underneath his um underneath his skirt. Uh, you got Heenan. Heenan's over there. Heenan's probably the dealer. Heenan's the sunshine of the group, <laughs> I would say. I would say Heenan's the sunshine with his quips and stuff like that. Um, you got Monsoon's over there making. Well, mean Gene's making the. He's the bartender. Mean Gene's <laughs> definitely the bartender. I think Gorilla's probably over there doing some making some sandwiches. Sandwiches, you know. I would say Gorilla is probably with Heenan commenting on the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> where he Heenan is cracking on it. Gorilla and Heenan would be an ideal commentary. Mm. Remember when ESPN used to just show poker around the clock? Yes. <laughs> that weird with that, period with, with, between like 03 and 07. With, with Gabe Kapler? Uh, Gabe Kaplan. Oh, Gabe Kaplan. Excuse me. I, I <laughs> they did not have the Red Sox outfielder or, uh, or uh, Giants manager. No, no. Uh, do that. But yeah, rem- remember when like Chris Moneymaker was on TV more than the president in like yeah. 2004? Yes. And <laughs> that that would have been an ideal thing for Heenan and Monsoon, a non-wrestling thing for them to call. Absolutely. Yeah. It would have been like, you know, and then just, just because... You know, because you could picture like Bobby Heenan going over all the possible because, you know, how when they would show like this person only has like seven outs. Yeah. <laughs> and Heenan would just go, he's got seven outs, gorilla. He can get another ace of spades. He can get an ace of clubs. He can get a three of diamonds. He can get a fight. Will you stop it? Yeah, we, we all know the deck, Bobby. <laughs> but and, and, you know, Monsoon would be good at it, too, because that guy was a fixture at the tables. Sure. All right, so he's Bob- the Baron of Atlantic City, as as Jesse called him during so, Mania Four or Five. I all right, so then, all right, so then I'm gonna say that that Gorilla is the dealer, and Bobby is now. Did you ever see um? Have you ever seen a Bronx Tale? Uh, I think I've seen chunks of it, but okay. I don't. The movie doesn't register. Yeah. So do you remember though the guy in there that they called Mush? He was the guy that he was like the loser. He couldn't win any bets and anything like that. Right, I think they called right. that would be Bobby Heenan. I think would <laughs> he would be the guy that sits next to Gorilla. So he's next to the dealer and he's always just going. Oh, I can't believe I lost. Sir, I lost everything. So that's where I'm going with this in the in the afterlife poker game. Um. And then, of course, you know, like whenever a new guy shows up, they just make a little extra room at the table, you know. <laughs> Look at this fucking lineup. Yep. The table gets magically bigger, like they never have to split. So, you know, there could be, you know, but you got guys like Andre. Andre started the game. Andre started the game. And then who was the first to join him? Probably Arnold Skolin, right? And then, yeah. They, oh, no, Gorilla, because Skolin was there. Skolin was at friggin' Bobby Heenan's Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So Gorilla right. was probably the next to go. Then it was Skolin. Then it was probably Bobby. And then you had all the rest. Eddie Guerrero makes his way up there. And, you know, you Did, know. Can I ask you, because you mentioned that it would be like Feech Lamana's poker game. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they could get former WrestleMania main eventer Lawrence Taylor to appear. He's uh, not fucking dead. Oh, okay. Well, he's not. <laughs> you know, the only thing that's fitting is that, you know, what's going to happen, though, is when... Uh, when Hogan finally comes in, <laughs> Savage is going to be giving him the Feech Lamana look that Feech would give Tony when he's buttering his bread there. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say something right now with regards to both LT and Hogan. Yeah, I don't think they're going to the same place as uh, as Savage. You don't think so? <laughs> well, maybe. Not. Yeah, I, I think I mean, LT will. You don't think LT? He, he's never killed anybody. Well, I, I, I think I think when you uh, are involved with an underage girl, of course, that opens a can of worms. That basically means the entire Memphis. Well, that means territory. that, like, that, yeah, that means Snooker's not there, and you know. <laughs> oh, I think I think Snooker is going to someplace. Uh... Snooker's in the Snooker's playing the card game with Chris Benoit. <laughs> it's in a different room. <laughs> You had to bring up the old CB, didn't you? Well, listen, I, 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 look, I just want to make sure it's clear that people know that there is a heaven for professional wrestlers and there's definitely a hell for professional wrestlers. 
and the hell is run by uh i believe it is jim crockett runs the hell <laughs> oh i was i was gonna say either Vern or roy shire <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody would really get the whole roy shire thing but i would say Vern. Vern would definitely have a hand in in the hell territory yeah, i would think so yeah i think so why do we get so far off of uh, Lanny for this? I, well, I mean, I think because I think we're paying tribute to the man, the myth, the legend, the uh, the owner of the largest penis this way of uh, Virgil. Um, I think it's just um, it's important that we pay homage to the man. I mean, he meant a lot to us. He's brought us nothing but enjoyment low these many years. And uh, I, for one, am uh, very upset that he's gone. I feel bad, you know? Yeah, we, we had a lot of fun, but at the same, at, at his expense. But at the same time, as I said, in 2023, the stuff that he was doing as as the genius, and I guess as Leap and Lanny, because he would do, he would do like weird moves that were not common in North America no. at that time. No, not at like all. Like sentons and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and now are just just commonplace he would yeah. do moonsaults but they wouldn't call it as although he he would go he would have one foot on the second rope a lot of people would would, would say that but yeah he was only only 68 years old and as we know it is sad when they go young like that when they go now do we ever have extended matches between either leaping lanny and um the blue blazer or the genius and the blue blazer because i think that would have been fun to see like Poffo and Owen Hart mix it up because they were both extremely athletic, uh, both very gifted as far as aerial acrobats. So I think it would have been a lot of fun to see them back in the day. Unfortunately, oh, I mean, Lanny, Lanny, Lanny was never up in Stampede. And by the Mm -hmm. time he adopted that genius character, which apparently was right before WrestleMania five, where he was just doing he was just randomly healing out on crowds in New York and Boston. Mm. In March of 89, I guess maybe test driving the whole thing, speaking out in support of his brother, Randy. Uh, and, of course, Owen, as the Blue Blazer, was kind of fading out after WrestleMania five. So there was really no opportunity for those guys. However, Randy and Lanny did have matches back in the 70s in, in various places, including, you know, mm. in in the Poffo ICW territory mm-hmm. but of course they are much more famous you know kind of being together later on in 84 when they went to the memphis territory together as uh poffo mania with angelo there with him uh lanny poffo i didn't know if you knew this he was born in calgary did you know that yes it's funny when you when you look him up it says canadian american wrestler and it's like yeah huh but you know what i mean those i mean those things are, are, are much more common than you might think. I mean, The Rock is a Canadian-American wrestler as well. Well, was Angelo was An- did Angelo work for? Uh, well, well, would he, it, he, would he it worked in Stampede. Wor- or? I'm guessing that that's the case because he worked in an era back in the day where, uh, unless you were like the homesteading guy, the way yeah. that Waller was in Memphis uh, later on. Yeah. You know, you you would go, you would work a territory for four to six months, and then and then you would wind your way out, and then you would go someplace else. And but I'm maybe, wondering, like, maybe you would return, but you know, you you'd go after four to six months. I mean, was Stampede like a thing back when, like, when um, I guess Stu was wrestling. Was Stu, like, did Stu run his own company while he was like still wrestling? 
Do you know or do you not? Really I don't. Know? I don't. I don't know what the ownership yeah. situation of Stampede was mm. uh, going okay. going well, back. So, well, we can always move on from that. Yeah. Well, let's let's go forward here to 1988, where we are let's, at the we're at the Baltimore Arena. Let's go forward to a time that fucking matters. Let's, let's go forward to the past. Can I ask you just one last question, please? This is I'm dying to know this answer, and I know you'll give it to me. Okay. Um, why did Cal Ripken Sr. manage six games in 1988 for the Baltimore Orioles? Um, well, he was the manager of the Baltimore Orioles at uh, to start off the season, and they fired him six games in because huh. they okay. famously lost their first 21 games in a row oh. that year. Okay. And yeah. I know one of these weeks that they're in Baltimore, this is the first of three, Jesse takes a shot at the Orioles, which... Uh, mm. Hey, that was before my fandom. That that was that was done during John's era. Okay, <laughs> this should have been done during John's era. Oh, and I did a Tony voice. Why did I do that? I should have done a Phil. This should have been done during John's era. There's no scraps in my scrapbook. Make it happen. All right, let's get to Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. One final thing about Frank Vincent, though. I, I was watching that interminable <laughs> episode where uh, Ben Kingsley is on there. And you and found out he was a big fan of Lanny Poffo? <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy what Filiotato says. I like to say that he, John says that he appreciates the recent headlines. <laughs> I want to use that line. I'm more, uh, more often. Do me a favor. Try to work it into a meeting next week while you're at work. <laughs> Oh, uh, I I work in crap during work meetings all the time just to amuse myself. I, mean, I know, I'm but making... like that, that would be something that actually could work because I'm sure the company that you work for at least has does business with somebody that would show up in the news. So you could just say, John, this wants to thank you for the reason. And people are going to be like, who the fuck is John? Well, I, I showed up for a Zoom meeting with the client on Friday with the Barney Miller squad room as my Zoom background. But <laughs> I, I, I turned it off really quickly because <laughs> I was like, I don't I don't want to go through with this. <laughs> That's a riot. <laughs> so this being the Baltimore Arena in uh, 1988, we, we know that nobody's going to bleed because yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Great American Bash was in this same place in July. This is taped on. October the 29th. It was the Saturday night's main event taping. This is also the weird set of superstars tapings where they got the Saturday night's main event banner on the mm -hmm. ring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very strange. It just kind of kind of throws me off. But the Baltimore Arena is actually when I was there in September, it was in the midst of being renovated. But I know that either it is reopening soon or it is just reopened because I know that Springsteen is playing there in oh. April or something. Oh, sorry. I can't. I can't go. I got waitlisted like I was fucking applying we, to Syracuse or something. And we do know how much you love Bruce. <laughs> well, maybe not as much as I did at one time after uh, after being rejected from Bruce University. Well, I know that you. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the letter that he sent you where he just went. I'm sorry, man. I can't help you out today. today. Yeah. When, when I got an envelope. I can't count you today. I got this envelope that was postmarked Colts Neck, New Jersey, and I knew when it was a thin envelope that that I that I didn't get in. A thin, a thin envelope, thin penis. Remember that, like you know, like applying to colleges, you could you knew what the news would be just on the size of the envelope. Yes. And, and kids these days probably get it all electronically or something. Um, I have I'm no trying idea. To think. I applied to two colleges. Um, I got a letter from one that accepted me. 
and I got a, which I believe they accepted everybody. And, uh, I got a letter from another one that said, thanks, but no, (laughs) that's all it said. It said, thanks, but no. And then, um, I always like the line from Seinfeld where he goes, where Peterman's like, I want to thank Elaine for a job done. Done. (laughs) I always, I use that all the time. I go, thanks for a job done. (laughs) I, um, I have never been in the Baltimore arena. So I've only seen it from the outside like 10 times, but I've never been in. I've never been to Paraguay. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Superstars of Wrestling. I'm Vince McMahon, along with Jesse the Body Ventura. We should have excitement galore for you this week. You know what's great? When the WWF comes to town, you don't see no fans with bags on their heads, if you know what I mean. Indeed, uh, we're set right here in Baltimore, Maryland, to deliver the best in World Wrestling Federation. Well, Jesse is making a reference. There's probably fans wearing bags on their heads at Orioles games that year. Ah, and what did they go in 1988? As we at October of '88, they would have the season would have been over. They, so what, they, what did they go in '88? They went 54 and 107, I believe. I, I think they were shorted a game because of a rainout at a certain point. You know what? I'm, I'm going to switch us to the other version of it because I, I don't like how the audio is only coming through one ear. Okay. The, these these are the problems that I have in planning this podcast that really mm-hmm. sort of um, like I, I contacted you this morning. So and this I was is like, wait, I hold on. This get, is, I, yeah. Oh, well, I'm saying this is for version one. This is the one I told you we should watch. <laughs> They're the same thing, Keith. Yeah, but you said that there was like a difference with like the ECPs, and I, I don't want to, you know. No, there's no difference in the ECPs, unfortunately. They're they're actually all Survivor Series promos. Yeah, but you said that there was like a thing about um you said V2 is the same. You said Mooney's reading the lineup and explaining the rules was super fucking annoying. Yeah, it was. In both in both I didn't watch it all the way through. I'm just annoyed that there was no you know, promo there. Oh, okay. Like we, we don't watch this to watch Sean Mooney. Oh no, we watch we watch this to watch Honky and Ron Bass interact with each other. Which thankfully we'll get one Hon- of those. Honky. Honky. And by the way, it's the same audio on both of them. So So it's still coming out of one ear? Yeah. God damn it. But we are gonna start with the uh with the feature bout here of the Rougeos versus the Rockers. Nice. Our feature bout. In the United States. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I, I, I listen to you while we watch these shows, which is I'm sure everybody else is listening to you. So the audio will be fine. I'm, 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 try, I'm trying to listen to both uh, you and the, and the commentary just so that I can pick up on cues of inset promos. But there's yeah. not going to be an inset promo during Rockers Rougeau's, which... This is, th- yeah, this is like a year before their, like, summer series that they would have. It'd be really funny if the inset promo was Rockers doing a promo against the, <laughs> against the Ruchos, and then they do another one where it's the Ruchos against them. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't know. Um, a year later, they would have matches in the summer that would be 60-minute Iron Man matches. Mm. Very, very, so... So I guess uh, they were training Sean for 12 early. Yeah. Well, better. who better to train him than uh, Raymond Rougeau? <laughs> I had a weird dream last night, and Jacques Rougeau was in it. <laughs> and it Go was on. Ba- 
<laughs> there was a hockey game happening, and the only two players were Jacques and uh, Bret Hart. Oh and my for God. Some, if for some reason I was the referee, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I was getting roasted by people who were there for, for my terrible job as an official, hmm. then I woke up at 5 a.m. I was very confused. Well, oh, my God. Well, there is an inset promo. <laughs> well, well, shut my mouth. Uh, it also says it's illegal to put squirrels down your pants for the purposes of gambling. Ah, but it also says that one should. It also says to meditate on the Torah all That's day like, and all night. I can't. I can never remember that line. And I know it's like one of your favorite lines. I I, I like to just insert, insert it as a non sequitur. Yes. In uh, when when somebody says something and I don't know how to respond yes. to it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So here's here's Anvil and. Brett, because they're the ones with the issues with the with the Rougeaus, and Brett's not mad at Sean yet. <laughs> Rougeaus, Jimmy Hart, you can only cheat so much without getting caught. Every move you make, every breath you take, the Hart Foundation's gonna come down right on top of you. <laughs> hmm. So how about that? Brett Hart stealing from Sting once again. <laughs> <laughs> He's he, they're also gonna come down on top of him. <laughs> what does that mean? I thought that this was a family show. That's that's a bush song. Bu- bush, 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 blah, bush song. <laughs> yeah, not bush forty one or forty three. Not bush forty five. Bush yeah. the forty five, forty one or forty three. Sean took a nice bump there where they pulled down mm. the top rope. Yeah. A la Bam Bam at WrestleMania 4. Sure. It's <laughs> the a, fucking worst this, match ever. <laughs> except this referee's not screaming at them. Is that Danny Davis? No. It's, no, no. Danny Davis no, is still wrestling at that point. Is that, it's, that's Joey Morello. Joey Morello. Yeah. It's Joey Morello. Look at the hard I love when I love when wrestlers would come down the aisle and just stand on the sidelines and, like, look at them. And, yeah. like, not... You know, at least for the time being, not get involved. I would love that because it just—it was always really funny just seeing like random wrestlers, <laughs> and There's... knowing that, and knowing that there were kids in the audience that were trying to like high five them and stuff. <laughs> like you know, they were—they were like, "Hey, Brett, Brett, Jim, give me a anvil, anvil, quick!" And they're like, "Kids, leave us the fuck alone. We're trying to do something here." It's probably a security guy just out of frame <laughs> for both, but that's the—that's the cousin of the other thing that I love. Mm-hmm. Which is um, uh, the managers when there's a new wrestler when there's yeah. a new heel wrestler and all the managers would come down and hang yep. out and yep. like and, and they did that for years in the eighties they did it with Beefcake they did it with Savage they did it with other guys too it's like every manager would take their take their turn and then eventually they would decide they just did the false tag and now now the megaphone is in oh now the hearts are in there excuse me. <laughs> This is not a triple threat tag team match. That hasn't been invented yet. You know, I was a big fan of triple threat matches. In fact, I think I had the first one in the company. Now, let, let me ask you. Yeah. You, you've now seen this. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what the official decision was here based on what you saw? This is this is you make the call presented by Alcoa. I wish I had the music for this because who who gets DQ'd in this in this case? Okay. So, okay. So the Rougeaus brought the megaphone in, but didn't really get a chance to use it. I mean, mm-hmm. he might have swung it, but he didn't hit anything. Mm-hmm. And the Hearts hit the ring 
mm-hmm. in advance of that. So mm-hmm. you you make the call. Okay. After reviewing the play, <laughs> the ruling on the field is that uh, Tom Brady threw an incomplete pass. <laughs> it was and it was forward progression was made. Therefore, it is not a fumble recovery and an incomplete pass. Repeat second down. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say it was a countout victory by the Rougeos. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's no countout. It, it's a it's a DQ. Oh, so okay. you're saying the Rougeos won by DQ here? I would because say that the, the Hearts hit the ring. Yeah, the Rougeos should be winning by DQ. Okay, let's see. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the referee's official decision. He rules this time. A double disqualification. <laughs> For what, McMahon? For what? That referee didn't see nothing with that megaphone. <laughs> I got I got to admit, it is kind of a fuck finish in terms of they DQ'd both. They DQ'd the Rougeaus for having the megaphone in the ring. That makes zero sense. Okay, he doesn't, I, he doesn't even hit anybody with the with the megaphone. That's that's true. However, the megaphone crossed the plane of the goal ahead of Anvil crossing the plane of the goal. Mm, I don't know if I agree with that, Jess. <laughs> it's it's just good science. And now, now it's time for the whatever happened there segment. Oh, the whatever happened there segment. This is one of my favorite segments. It's been a few weeks. Hasn't it been three weeks since we've done a WWF show? Um, no. Oh, we did the NWA last week. Oh, or no, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. How's wrong with you? I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Is Andre the Giant? Andre yelling for Bobby. Yelling for he- Oh, we get we get to watch Andre be afraid of snakes again. <laughs> you know, let me ask you this because you might remember this. And I, I had a friend of mine who, and I know we're jumping ahead to Andre's like next feud after the Jake feud, but do you ever remember Andre having a theme music that said like Andre the Ultimate Giants? I don't remember Andre ever coming down to any theme music ever, other okay. than other than if he was teaming with somebody else, like DiBiase's music. Or well, he, no, DiBiase never had music when he was with oh, Andre. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking when he teamed with the Twin Towers at yeah. eighty nine at SummerSlam '89, yeah. and he yeah. came down to Jive Bam! Soul Bro. Isn't that the greatest? <laughs> oh, Jake's wearing the thong and thong tights. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did see the Jake Rude match. <laughs> I liked how you said the other day. I, I think it was like something happened, and it was the eighty what eighty six when Andre was on the. Uh, the snake, the snake shop or whatever, and you snake went snake pit, yeah. And you go, Andre's not, uh, he's not deathly afraid of snakes now. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he must have developed a problem sometime between that. All right, I'm willing to write that. I'm willing to write that in yeah. to kind of compensate for everything. Let's just say maybe Andre was at home and there was a snake thing in his bathroom or something. Listen, and- I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a personal story real quick. Okay. When I was about 12, I fell into a hornet's nest at a friend's uh-huh. house. Before that point, I was not deathly afraid of bees, hornets, yellow jackets, um, and the like. Ever since then, I have been had a very big fear of uh, bees and hornets and yellow jackets and um, all other forms of wasps and things of that nature. So it is possible 
to develop a fear later on in life. Um, however, I find it very hard to believe that Andre the Giant, who was a man bigger than all other men, developed a fear of snakes in less than a year. Andre had insecurities. I think people forget that. And it wasn't just like about his. Well, I mean, I guess a lot of it was about his size or whatever. People would look at him. It's a long time to be a champion. (laughs) As a freak. But, you know, everybody has their own insecurities, Mm -hmm. as we know. Although I'm glad you told that story because it does explain your bizarre hatred of the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know why you bring that up in mid-conversation. Also, that weird period where you hated the New Orleans Hornets because they were called that. I thought I thought that, like why do you uh, hold it you held it against Chris Paul for so long he hasn't wait, been a hornet in so long do you know the epic you know the epic story I don't know if you've ever shared the epic story on a podcast form of you killing the spider down in um, Outer Banks oh well yeah, the the spider that I believe was larger than Austin Aries yes. which I know isn't that big but I just wanted to give you a sense of the scale that was but, hanging out in the dormant outdoor refrigerator. That, that didn't work. That we didn't realize until the last day that you had to flip a switch to turn it on. Um, no, but do you, do you know that, like, you missed my crippling fear of going anywhere near that. Sp- For a guy who loves Spider-Man as much as I do, you would think I would let spiders bite me all day. No, I didn't want to go anywhere near that friggin' thing. And you were like the hero of the day. <laughs> that thing, seriously, I think you took that and didn't you put that on the uh, barbecue pizza that you made later on? Because it was fucking big enough that we could eat it as protein. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that thing was enormous. I believe that incident started uh, where we realized our mutual love of Goodfellas with each other. Hey, Spider. <laughs> <laughs> and I started going, I'm the Oklahoma kid. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I was calling myself Tommy because I was the one who took out Spider. And then you went, rats. Whole family's rats. Oh, rats. Jim Duggan took co-captain of the team that will include B. Brian. All right, well, this is all just a plug for the Survivor Series. Brian and, Blair. Yeah, Brian Blair is still on the team. Are we going to get a promo out of this? I hope. Maybe. Oh, God. It does what? remind me that um, Dito Bravo, his music was played coming out at 88 Ding. And Andre got to come out to his home country's national anthem, which I always enjoy very much. Do you think that Andre, when Andre was talking, do you think when Andre talked to Dino, like whether it was backstage or whatever, do you think that they would speak French to one another? Absolutely, yes. Yeah? Yeah. And I bet you Andre really liked that. (laughs) Do you think Dino couldn't understand him in French like most of us couldn't understand him in English? (laughs) I'm sorry. I just started thinking about our conversation a few weeks ago where I was like, Dino Bravo should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. God damn it. And you know what? I might be, you know, I'm so I mean, it it is obvious that maybe I'm not quite as engaged with wrestling as I once was. Maybe uh, getting Dino Bravo into the Hall of Fame is the thing to get me back on the train. (laughs) I I can't. Or maybe not. I'm sorry. I can't support this. I'd support almost anything else except for nails. I mean, nails, Dino Bravo and Bray Wyatt. uh, That's a no go. (laughs) Bray Wyatt. Don't bring up that name again. That's a no go. No. All right. We got Heenan and Andre. 
who are... I want to tell you about Dua Bravo. Here are my cigarettes. Looks like Heenan's going to do the talking, though. Okay. But right. Andre, Andre, I'm thinking, is going to be extra incomprehensible. <laughs> he's, still, he's still getting over his hot condition. Mm-hmm. It's a disgrace to allow a man like... A man. It's a disgrace to allow some vermin, some filth like Jake Roberts to bring that bag into the ring. To enter that ring... And Jack Tony, that's you fucked anyway. You were... You stop every time I'm gonna be a champion now. Did he just say Wilt Chamberlain? I don't. Wait, I don't go know. Back, go back for a second. He says Wilt Chamberlain. He does not say Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, go back. Now. No. I Jack Tony. That's you fought anyway. You. You stop every time I'm gonna be a champion now. Gonna be the champion. Gonna be Will Chamberlain. <laughs> I had more sex than Will Chamberlain. Hmm. Highly unlikely, Jess. Highly unlikely, Jess. And here comes future main eventer Coco Beware. Mm. Yeah. Current mega power. Yeah. They're scared of different things, and apparently Andre is deathly afraid of snakes. I can't believe it either. I make boots out of those things. And coats. <laughs> oh, I was listening to Pile Driver. Yeah, Jesse. Jesse's not afraid of every anything, as he's ex- except, of course, for our own government. <laughs> You know, I heard a rumor that Coco Beware was actually afraid of parrots. <sighs> and that, that was and that's why they made him always come to why are we watching a Saturday night's main event match of a jobber versus Coco? I don't this is you one of the, they didn't change they didn't change the ring apron. I've come to grips now at my age that there are certain things in life that I'm never gonna get an answer to. Mm-hmm. Number one why at National Hockey League games, when a game goes to a shootout, they run the clock during the shootout. I have never heard an explanation for why that occurs. Mm-hmm. Number two, at the October 88 tapings of superstars, why did they leave the Saturday Night Speed event banners on the apron and <laughs> like on, on like the rafters of the arena? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand that. They would always they were always so diligent about making sure they had the correct banner, except for this taping. And it drives me up a fucking wall. All right, good. I'm glad that you, I'm glad you recognized it as well, because it's just, it's bizarre. I'm never going to fucking know why. So was that, somebody somebody tells me. So wait, that Rockers-Rougeau match, it was a Superstars match. It wasn't a Saturday night's main event match? Correct. Oh, I, that's why I thought we were watching it. I thought it was like last week or last time we watched when we watched the Jake and um, the Jake and uh, Rick Rude match. I thought we were getting like a a replay of the super of the tag match. Oh, no! Uh, this, now I'm all fucking confused. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. There's a man from another galaxy. <laughs> Coco with the uh, Ghostbuster there, and he's not gonna slap the poor guy in the face like he's the masked patriot. No, <laughs> he's also not. He's also not going to go up to Stephanie McMahon and say, you got a little cream on the side of your face. Let me add some more. <laughs> forget Co- forget Coco. <laughs> that was Mike Williams, the opponent. I, I, I don't really recognize him, but that's that's OK. You know how Coco ended his affiliation with the WWF, right? What, did he go over to Jersey and never come back? No, Vince went over and he curb stomped him because <laughs> he said something about his daughter. 
Well, yes. <laughs> Could you imagine Vince curb stopping Coco Beware? <laughs> well, they did fire him for getting into a fight with one of the executives, but then they rehired him when they were like, oh, yeah, it was because the executive said something very racist to him. Mm. It's like, go, yeah, go Coco. Beat the fuck out of that guy. Right now, co-captains act and smash of demolition. All right, we're going to get demolition oh. here. But not the full team, because I think they learned from that other promo where it's like, maybe it's not a good idea to have 14 guys in frame. Mm. <laughs> where, I, like, a, a conquistador is in row five. Do we want to do we want to do any betting on this promo? It's very hard to bet on demolition promos. I mean, you okay. can see you can see Fuji's mouth is open, so he's going to talk first. And the way demolition would work is they're a team of relative equals. I'm not saying that they're exactly equal because I mm -hmm. think Axe was maybe positioned slightly higher than Smash most of the time. Mm -hmm. And that they both talk in the promos. It's not like like not like one of them has to be silent because Darsau has his shtick and, and Axe, he does his thing too. All right, so I'm going to give you, and I'll go opposite what you say. Who talks first between Axe and Smash? Hmm. I'm going to say Axe. See, I, don't, I would say Axe too, but I'll take Smash. Okay, so we know Fuji's going to talk because his mouth's already open. The other thing to look for here is there any fucking sign of dissension between these you between these guys? You love saying that, and the answer is always no. <laughs> like somebody said, oh yeah, that they they did plant something at some point. It's like now I'm now I'm obsessed. And I, I'm this just, is this is Virgil gonna knock you out. Like where is this definitive proof that there was some level of unhappiness in the ranks of there is none. Fuji is the dumbest fucking person of all. He's the dumbest businessman of all time. Whereas Bobby Heenan is the greatest manager of all time because he's the smartest businessman. Because again, he sold he sold Andre and then bought him back for a quarter of an a sixteenth of the price. And he's just he he took the friggin' briefcase for Hercules, even though Hercules <laughs> never got sold. I mean, Bobby Heenan is essentially the greatest businessman. It's a shame that he ended up you know, bankrupt when he left the WWF several years later. But Fuji's the worst. He leaves the defending champions in the middle of their historic title run to go and fucking manage a team that was never going to win the titles, even though I love them as much as I do. They're never going to win the titles. Well, but End you, of do, you, you do have a point. That is that is why they had to bring in Jim Cornette to, mm -hmm. to, to negotiate these things yeah. after Fuji recklessly. Oh, my God. Holy shit. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. He recklessly gives a title shot to fucking Hulk Hogan, of all people, Af knowing that the crowd has to go home happy. No, after Yoko had wrestled a nine and a half minute match in the hot Nevada sun. <laughs> in a hot Nevada parking lot. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. The parking lot, as we established last week with uh, yeah. Caesar's Palace. OK, let's okay. demolition. I can't believe it. The demolition cannot believe it. What we just saw a few minutes ago. When the Rujo Brothers was on their way to victory over the rocket, and what happened? Just like Fuji said, ah, they were right there beating. Them. Oh shit! I won. Foundation stands back watching, and they jumped them right. Hey, why do they have our title belts on? That's why you have Pete. the survivors here? I don't That's know. That's why you got guys like us, the captains, so we can lead the pack. Isn't that right, Eric? Well, we're gonna have the Rujo Brothers on our side. We're gonna have the Russian Bolsheviks. We're gonna have the Conquistadors. 
We're going to have the Brain Busters right here, Survivor Series. <laughs> Hurts, you and your team. That's the longest I've ever heard Axe talk. Mm. Like it, it, he went on there for like a full minute. Yeah. And here come the Brain Busters, who are not only on Demolition's team, but would eventually end the said historic race. Yes. So uh, my advice to Axe and Smash is the calls are coming from inside the house. <laughs> you want to know what's really funny? I just, I just, that, that Axe. That axe promo reminded me of this. So this morning I wake up. I'm sitting in the living room. We're watching TV. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, my brother goes, he goes, hey, who are the Bolsheviks again? And I looked at him and I went, do you mean the tag team in the WWF? And he goes, no, the real Bolsheviks. Well, there was Lenin, there was Trotsky, and there was Stalin. But then there were these underneath guys like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I forget all the names, but but yeah. I but well, then I then I proceeded to tell my brother the entire opening sequence of Death of Stalin, <laughs> and I was like, you know, he was really. I go, do you know what happened? He had a stroke, and then he was like pissing himself while he was laying on the carpet in his office. <laughs> no, everyone was afraid to go in, and then they had to get a doctor, but the doctor wasn't a real good doctor because all the other doctors were arrested and being tortured in a prison somewhere. I cannot. I cannot recommend that movie highly enough for everybody listening. I mean, I'm smiling, but I am very fucking furious. Jason, I mean, Jason Isaac's playing a Russian general doing a Yorkshire accent. Wow. I mean, the fact that you, the fact that Steve Buscemi plays Khrushchev is fucking amazing. I mean, you had recommended that movie so long that I was like, I, I finally watched it on like an airplane ride, and I was laughing the entire friggin' time. It is so stupid. It's so great. It's so good. It it is yes. Now we got the brain busters with an inset promo, and I and I'm sorry, Arn and Anderson, who was in that group promo mm-hmm. of of 14 people, but that not allowed to speak because Arn was stuck in row four. <laughs> <laughs> he was in. He was up against the wall of the old garden. <laughs> what we need is what we need is stadium seating for Survivor Series team promos. Where like uh, where like so you can see all all the guys or yeah. it, that it, that particular promo it was the only time I've seen anything more crowded than like an NFL pregame show yeah where you have all the dudes at the desk you need like, like a classroom photo like they used to do back in the day <laughs> in the gymnasium wait what was the what was the top row back in the garden was like row twenty two the one that it, was all the way up at the top like in the back of the wall. I don't know what row number it was, but there was a second balcony of the Boston Garden at, at, a, at a certain point. And yeah. then 
when they added luxury boxes in the early 80s. So at the time that we would have been going there, the second balcony only really existed in the corners. Mm -hmm. I was lucky enough to sit there once for a hockey game in 94. Yeah, but uh, you remember, yeah, like all the way in the back, though, remember? Like you were basically up against the highway. Oh, yeah, they they were... They were, I remember them, I remember them being up more up high rather than further back because I mean, it was a small building. Yeah. Yeah. You could feel trucks driving by on the, uh, the upper deck and lower deck. The highly local reference. The, the brain busters of course are well known in Baltimore because Baltimore was very, Oh my God. Baltimore was basically the second home to friggin' mid South or mid Atlantic. Well, mid Atlantic. Baltimore was unique in that it kind of like Philadelphia, although Philadelphia, I think, was slightly more of a WWF town because they had the spec. They had the spectrum. Yeah. Both companies do the Baltimore arena and they were both, you know, roughly competitive in the city, which made it uh, rather rather unique, which is funny because Washington used to be the base of operations for the WWF back until 1971 of course that was a long time before this but you know all right so arn and arn and telly who don't really have a program yet so what did what did the baltimore arena get changed to well it became the royal farms arena but i think it's now called something else entirely but since it's not even reopened yet well no wait where did they used to play where do they used to go to where did all the events take place for wcw it wasn't the baltimore arena baltimore baltimore arena Yes. No, wasn't it named something else? Like they no, were. Oh, the, it is no. the Baltimore. Arena. All right, don't fucking yell at me, Jesus. <laughs> they had the '88 bash in in the Baltimore Arena in '88, '89, '90, and '91. And a big reason for that was uh, Gary Juster is the local promoter. Oh, okay. Did a very did a very good job and made sure that the building was always going to be full. Hmm. So that's when, that's an underrated thing of these companies back in the day. When you have the good local promoter, everything everything falls into place from an attendance mm-hmm. perspective. All right, so Arn and Tully, they don't have a program yet. They're probably just going to talk about themselves. I mean, maybe the Survivor Series. Who knows? Brain busters. Bobby the Brain Heenan has got together the greatest family, now the greatest tag team. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Survivor Series. We're coming, you're going to see. If you need a visual aid to see why the strongest survive, look what we're doing to these two unfortunates. <laughs> Arn Anderson is so good, he can, he can use unfortunate as a noun. <laughs> like God, God bless that man. Mm-hmm. And in no way do I feel like these guys are out of place. Like I, I, I see them. Uh, there's, the, there's the look. Look at them. Fucking spine buster on Mario Mancini. Oh. Mm-hmm. This, this is the original NWO right here. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they come in. They come in and eventually end the demolition reign. And there's a slingshot suplex by Tully. Yeah, you know, that actually would have been that would have been an awesome angle in like 88 and in the 89 if they were able to get like them, Flair and Wyndham and have them do like the horsemen, not even call them the horsemen, just call them like something else. But they're the invading, invading team from like from I mean, they weren't going to acknowledge they were from that was the only thing with the NWO was like you were never going to have any other invasion angle 
in the WWF because the WWF never referenced yeah. any other company, you know? And they and they, they didn't even like to pair guys with each other that much who had history in the prior company. So Arn and Arn and Flair might not have been they wouldn't together even have been together, yeah. At, at, at that point. So it it, it would have been it wouldn't t- have worked. I mean, yeah, it it's, a, it's a fun fun exercise to think about. And now we get a little bonus here of Rocket Robin versus Sensational Sherry. Oh, yeah. Now, now we we watched this match during our best of the WWF series that we mm-hmm. did. Remember how we did that and we didn't go in order? <laughs> we, we like started with like 17 and then worked our way like jumping around all over. <laughs> like pick it out of a fucking I, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'd say it was one of the high points of this podcast. Uh, to, high points. I mean, you know, didn't really. Yeah. So yeah, they're showing this match from Paris, where yeah, the from Bercy Stadium. Again, we we've already we we unfortunately we know that our queen Sherry is going to lose here. As she gets hit with a bulldog off the second rope. And it's like, okay, Europe, we're going to give you a title change. And they're like, ooh, ooh, is Warrior going to lose the belt? Is Savage going to lose the belt? Is Demolition going to lose the belt? No. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. That's a no-go. You're going to get the women's title. Oh, there's still a women's? You mean the women's tag team title? No, the women's singles title. Oh, is Moolah winning it back? That's a no go. That's a no go. <laughs> yeah, noted singer, singing sensation, Rock and Robin. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with Rock and Robin. Yes, there is. <laughs> well, I mean, the things that are wrong with her were, uh, you know, the history of her with her father. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and her, her brother Sam. Whatever happened. Whatever happened. There. Yeah. Her, her brother Aurelian Jr. Yeah. Oh, the great Al Navarro. Hercules' music sounded a little different there. It almost sounded like Flair's music. Mm. Did you did you catch that? Very strange. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Herc Herc is still building that audience. Still wearing the black trunks, too. The other thing to consider is remember. On Brother Love, you had the endorsement of Hercules. Mm-hmm. That did not air until after this was taped. Ah. So, so, so the crowd hasn't had that all-important Randy Savage endorsement of Hercules yet. Mm. So he's still trying to build his fan base organically here. He should have been going, like, row to row, like, selling links of his chain or something. I don't know. <laughs> We're just giving it away. Who knows? Which would be... That would be something they would be selling today if Hercules was still... If he was a thing... In today's day, you'd be able to buy, like, plastic chains to wear around your neck. Now, if I was an enterprising sort, I would sell T-shirts that has, like, uh, some sort of Hercules motif to it, and it would just say, fourth mega power. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm just not that enterprising anymore. But he's no, not no, the... F- no, he's fourth. No, he's not fourth. He's third. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know what your savage is sitting in the back seat in the caboose. Yes. Yeah. We all know that if the Mega Powers was a station wagon, Savage is in the way back 
like in the like in the far back thing, facing the, thing the other is, way. Yeah, facing backwards with the little seatbelt and all. <laughs> but he still has the championship. Yes. He wanted oh, look at that. A wanted to be alone. Rack. Yeah, torture rack by Hercules. The last guy who did this in Baltimore, they fucking stopped the match before the submission. <laughs> oh god. Good good thing uh Al Navarro didn't fucking cut his forehead a little bit mm-hmm. by accident. Yeah, hear the music? Oh yeah, it is different. That's weird music. That's odd. It's like they hadn't settled on the uh, typical Hercules music yet. Yeah, they're they're fishing around. They're, they're looking at different things. And they got to submit submitted for approval. Mm-hmm. And we're back in the event center with Mooney, and we're gonna get we're gonna get two team promos here. Oh. Very exciting. Okay. And we're gonna hear from first from the Honky Bass team. Or do you? What do you what do you like to call it? Honky bass or bass honky? Hmm. I'd say Hon- honky, honky bass. Honky bass. Honky bass. It sounds like a kind of fish that you're gonna catch <laughs> in like Memphis. Our first uh, our friend Chris saw honky bass at the Middle East uh, <laughs> opening for Cracker once. Well, Bar Chris, he he's a big fan of honky bass. He loves their first song. Uh, you know. A lot of people a lot of people mispronounce it and call it honky bass. But no, no, it's not like the music bass. It's bass. Okay, they 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 come out in like fisherman gear. They almost yeah. look like fucking Skinner or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist bringing up. Speaking of which, have you written that letter to Kern yet? Did we just come up? Uh, uh, what? What? Hello? Huh? <laughs> you haven't, on? have you? This thing on? Yeah. Um. First of all, I think we just came up with a new band, Honky Bass, that comes out and <laughs> they come out in fishing gear. Mm. With the big, with the, with the big fucking rubber pants that go all the way up with the suspenders. Daddy, these rubber pants are hot. You wear them until you learn, son. <laughs> all right, so yeah, we get the full team here. So we get Davis is there. The updated Valentine. team. No, that that team stayed I know, intact. I'm, just, I'm kidding. All right. And bad news, bad news, Brown. <clears throat> oh. So the question here is. Will all five guys talk? And the answer almost generally has to be yes. I mean, why, why Wait, would they okay. Why would they show up then? So hold on. So the team is Honky, Bass, Bad News, Valentine, and Davis, right? Yes, yes. What order do they talk? I am going to say that they go Honky, Bass, Davis, Valentine, Bad News, and then back to Honky. Okay. Um, I feel like I'm picking the fucking Powerball numbers. I'm going to say it goes Bass, Honky, Valentine, Davis, Brown. Okay. This is it, Outlaw, once again. Oh, shit. All right, I'm over. The biggest night for all of us. Survivor Series, Richfield Coliseum. Thanksgiving night. It's a night that the number one team gets together. It's the night that we have our big anniversary party, Ron. Just like we did it last year. You know, Hunky Tonk, when we were sitting down kind of picking ourselves a team, we couldn't have done a better job. You know, fucker, dangerous daddy Davis, brother. He's proved himself many, many times. Grant the hammer. Hey, when he puts that hammer down side, I said, and look at bad news, Brown. The bad man from Harlem. You don't think 
He ain't used to being in a crowd. Yeah. We're survivors. We'll be taking to you, warrior. BK, Blazer, Brownzell, Houston, Thanksgiving night, the big survivor series. You're looking at the survivors. We're going to oh, take you out, son. Woo, on Thanksgiving. Hmm. All right, so bad news kind of talked. He, he yelled, "Oh mercy!" in the background, but that, he, that, he didn't really say. I don't it think. Sense. I don't think that counts. Yeah, so only only the captains talking. Okay, that's that's interesting. Here we got Brunzel is in for Morocco now, and we got one Warrior Nation up front. Of course, we don't know that until '98. Oh my God, that's right. They were one Warrior Nation. Yeah, when and. Uh. Uh, a definite S and M relationship going on between Beef, these guys. Beefcake once a stooge, always a stooge. It just depends on who he's with. It's either hey, Hogan or Warrior. Hey, he he took a look at the tea leaves and said this guy might follow Hogan, mm-hmm. and he was and he was right. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah, not eight. So, I mean, you know, I have no desire to bet on. Uh, I I do know this. Jim Brunzel is not going to talk. <laughs> Just under no fucking circumstances is he going to talk. All right. Yeah. <laughs> if he what does, fucking, what a fucking mishmash. I mean, seriously, like, imagine that this, because they wanted to keep it five on five. Mm-hmm. Because in reality, if you had a team of just like Honky Bass, Valentine, and Brown against Beefcake Warrior, what, Blazer, and Houston, that's not terrible. Like, adding those two other five. To those two other guys is pointless, but whatever. You you would have liked to have gotten Ronnie Garvin into the company a little bit sooner so that mm. he could he could work in the Brunzel spot because yeah. you could you could have him opposite Valentine because of those guys. You eventually would work so well with each other. Yeah. Sam Houston also will not be allowed to talk. You know why? No. <laughs> glug 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 glug. <laughs> Well, on Thanksgiving night, it's going to be nothing but bad news, honky talk man. Because <laughs> you, Rob Bass, Valentine, Davis, and the rest of your boys are going to be in trouble. Because the rest of this team right here are so far fired up, you better kick your butt. I can hardly hold the warrior down on the ground. He's going to fly right out into the air. How many times, don't how many work feasts did we have when that spaceship came through the time tunnel? It doesn't matter that we're all crispy and ready to go. We're all ready to crack. But at the Survivor Series, you're going to see a crack in a big way. The shell's going to come apart, and we're going to explode. All right, well, the captains only talk there. Arriva Derchi. They weren't going to let Owen talk either because... Can't have that Canadian accent oh, uh, oh, give him away. Oh. Uh, Akeem, the subject of your the subject of your shirt for the other night at Chaos. Yeah, Wrestling. I hope I hope everybody noticed that. I tweeted out a picture of me wearing my. I should tweet out the picture of you and I together. But I had my shirt and it's got the African Dream Akeem and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, and they're both dancing and they're touching fingers like it's the uh, Michelangelo painting in the Sistine Chapel, and it just says across the top, it just says dreams <laughs> the fucking best shirt ever <laughs> there's, a, there's a kid dancing like a keem in the crowd yeah, I, yeah that's he, nice and he's an african-american child dancing so it's nice to see that a was getting some black folk to dance along with him 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking that was boundaries. Hakeem, the African dream. I, I noticed that you, you have your seat at Chaotic Wrestling, and you, and you sit right behind Rich Palladino, and you're, you're very friendly with him. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the the, the, the ring assistant, Drea DiBella, like, yes. oh, my God. The, the two of them get such a kick out of me because I, I crack jokes the entire time, and they laugh. One of the funny things that happened was, so in the main event of the show, it was uh, JT Dunn versus Aaron Rourke, and it was the third match in their best of five. Mm-hmm. And uh, excellent match, by the way. Probably, yes. you know, I don't want to give it a star rating, but it was a very good match. But needless to say, they they stalled for a but they did they went to the Larry Zabisco school of stalling, and they the two of them stalled for probably a good three to four minutes at the beginning of the match. Yeah, um, in excellent fashion, I might add. But the best part about it was at the end of the thing, Rich Palladino said, "Time of the match, twenty-seven minutes." Blah 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 blah, and I went. Rich, you better shave down about five minutes off that time. <laughs> I go, you can't, you can't count the friggin' stalling. <laughs> no, they, they, they weren't doing the Larry thing where Larry would go out of the ring and like yell at the fit. They were like in the ring the whole time, but it was yeah. still holding your interest. Yes. And you, you suggested at one point to him about four minutes in, like you should do the Gary Capetta thing where you go five oh, yeah. minutes elapsed, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> And then he said, I actually work for a promotion that I do have to do that. It, it, it is a, it is a, that would have been funny. That would have been one of the cases where I, I would have allowed for that as, as Akeem wins with the uh, Air Africa splash. Uh, yeah, Rich Palladino is awesome. He is, he is the North Star of, of independent wrestling because yeah. He, yeah. he's constant. He, yeah. he's, he's always excellent. I am constant as a northern star. And I would I would love to know his fucking weight loss secret because during COVID, he I gained the amount of weight that Rich Palladino lost. Dude, I asked Rich, <laughs> I asked Rich, and Rich said, he goes, All I do is I walk. He goes, I walk a ton and he he eats like just like he doesn't eat a lot. Oh, okay. I mean, like, no joke. He said it's diet and exercise. He goes, but if I eat something, he goes, I have to walk a lot more. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he looks fantastic. Like, Rich was getting a little up there, I think, in weight. And then he probably he probably misses his old glasses. But I don't know what happened, but he, he just decided to lose weight. And now he's, like, he's, like, tiny. Like, he's real thin now. It's nice. Diet and exercise? Yeah. Come on, huh? Yeah. Well, you got to do both. Oh. I thought it was an and or thing. No wonder why. No wonder why I'm not really making. Uh, yeah, I know. Like I, I know for me, like I'll, 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 I'll starve myself, but I don't leave my couch, or I'll walk like two miles, but then I eat like an entire bag of fucking potato chips. So it's like you know, diet and exercise. I would like to go on a low fat diet, but. It, it circumstances dictate that I can't necessarily always do that. However, I do try to opt for chicken over other proteins mm. Uh, mm. Where, where possible. So, mm. and look, we're, once again, we have Mean Gene out in the crowd talking to a random fan. Man on the street. Yeah. I noticed not a lot of Orioles gear on the people out there. <laughs> Who knows if this is even in Baltimore? This could literally be anywhere. Well, that guy behind Mean Gene is wearing an orange orioles orange jacket so that's possible that's an orioles jacket mm, but uh, I, it looks like mean jeans trying to get some coups here on the side so <laughs> really you think yeah or, or does he just have business interests 
little now, from we'll column see. A, a little from column B. Bad and Jesse, the body Ventura. Uh, we have friends of ours in the World Wrestling Federation, Stan and... Shelly. Shelly Cash. Shelly, I understand you're a fourth grade teacher, is That's that right? That's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> but come on, on uh, Monday mornings, do you have uh, current events for World Wrestling Federation action? Once in a while, yes. If I have a lot of students that have attended the event, yes. In your classroom of fourth graders, who is their favorite World Wrestling Federation superstar? Oh, I don't know. There's a lot of favorites. <laughs> favorite for you, Stan? No, I like Akeem. <laughs> 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 yes! That guy, that guy totally went off script there. Come on, huh? That's a fucking smart man right there. Yeah. Wow. That's Whoa, geez, you see Bruce fucking Bruce Jenner up on that stage? He fucking ran a mile a minute. Well, Bruce Pritchard is quite an athlete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and, and our guests this week are the... Duggan and Jake team. Oh, all right. So that's fun. Yeah. Which means we're going to get Brian Blair on the Brother Love Show. Can you Brian Blair! This? Can you believe this shit? <laughs> it's a man who has proven to Brother Love before that he has no son. And he is a co-captain in an all-important match. All-important uh, the, the brother love intros he i don't know they're not they're not good for this podcast because he goes on too long yeah wow jake's music playing over below that didn't happen last time we watched remember the last time i think we had what yeah yeah they did not uh play hercules's music over mm. brother love it, it, jake is wearing a uh, black leather jacket it looks like a black leather jacket with black leather pants. Now, remember, this is the same taping as the Saturday Night's Main Event match with Rude and the whole Andre angle. Mm. I don't know if this would have come before or after. I would assume after. Because if you're if you're promoting the match where he's co-captaining against the team that Andre is co-captaining, yeah. you want to forward that angle. Well, do you think that, all right, when they would do these these massive TV tapings... Would they explain to the crowd that you're going to see shit that may not have happened yet or like, or did they just really, were they really that good? Like, cause you know how they would do shit where like, you'd see like the warrior have the intercontinental belt and then they would say they'd take it away from him or something. Yeah. Like, do you think that they were that good at programming all of this shit so that the people in the crowd really thought that they were seeing like different stuff? No, or do you no, think it, it would just explain to them like this is a television taping? We're going to be doing a lot of different things here, and no, I, I don't think I don't think they would go over the PA like that. It's just there's a natural order of things that you have to do. You have to do the Jake Root match with the Andre angle before you shoot the Brother Love segment yeah. With, yeah. with Jake in yeah. order for it to make sense. And yeah, it's going to get brought up in this interview. It has to. All right. Well, let's Real see quick. what he says. I guess. Oh, trust me. Oh, dear God. Jesus. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Uh, if I was Brother Love, I, I might get the fuck out of there. No! no he, although he wasn't there in 90. Well, yeah, he wasn't there for the Jake heel turn. No. And he didn't come back until after Jake was gone. Yep. So even if Pritchard, well, whatever. Fuck Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's hilarious that he went, he listed all the accomplishments of Ken Patera. He listed all the accomplishments of Tito. He's giving a glowing recommendation to Hacksaw. And he goes, and we got also Brian Blair. Uh, my cocaine partner. Uh, <laughs> like, what is he going to say? Uh, this guy was the Florida TV champion or some bullshit. Who, like, was, who did Brian Blair originally replace? Uh, he replaced the junkyard dog. Okay, yeah, okay. And, uh, of course, this truly would have been Team Mid-South with Doug and JYD and Jake mm. all, in this, all in the same crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you got you got Patera there who never worked Mid-South. Mid yeah. And um, also... Um, Chico. Uh, uh, yeah, Tito, Tito never really worked. Although Tito did work, I think, in Houston at a certain point. But Houston and Mid-South were technically separate no you're talking no tito didn't work in houston he worked houston as in <laughs> he was wrestling sam houston at the time no 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 i'm talking about he he was a teacher there in houston for a very brief period i, I don't know if you know that. oh oh he okay okay yeah um so yeah and you want to know the amazing thing about the five guys on stage there and it's never been of, in your kitchen six if you include brother love what oh, you gotta be careful because beefcake has been in your kitchen well, your former kitchen. All of these guys are still alive. Can you fucking believe it? <laughs> they are. We're, pro we're promoting a wrestling pay-per-view from 1988 with the interviewer there as well. And all of them are still alive. Although I was scared when I saw the thing that, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan announcing Lanny Poffo's death was weird because I was like, oh, shit, did Duggan die? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
No, he's that's, been given. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, Th- this is a very rare. In fact, they actually replaced the one guy who died with a guy who's still alive. <laughs> that's amazing. This is a very rare occurrence of watching something from 1988 where none of these people have died. Mm. And several of these people really tried to work at it to die. <laughs> and I, I can tell you as well that Scott Casey, who would fill in for Brian Blair, is still, is still with us as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. I, I, interesting death pool. The Jake Duggan team from 88. Who goes <laughs> first? Well, Jake's going to die. Jake's going to die the day after Keith Richards dies, which is going to be... God only knows when. The day after the end of World War Three, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you gotta you gotta figure Jake is gonna be the betting favorite here. He's probably about minus two hundred. Although mm. du- Duggan's had his health problems in recent years, but Terra's up there. I Tito Tito will live forever. I mean that guy Oh, actually, yeah, Tito will live forever because Tito's never done anything, I don't think. Tito is well equipped to make it to the match of survival. You know, since he made it there in 90, anyway. Uh, Ariba Derchi! Ariba Derchi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's not have a death pool, you know, when we're celebrating these guys who are all still alive. Come on, huh? Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> all right, Duggan, take it away. He's going to talk about Dino Bravo, future WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> Turn that off. <laughs> you have no You have no comment. No comment. Can you imagine McMahon? That's his only good friend. That's a joke. The good one's going to be Andre the Giant, but the other one will be covering the other. And Dino Bravo, this is a Survivor Series, and you're talking about a country of survivors. USA! Yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. Bravo had, I mean, um, Oh, Jesus. I just said cool and bravo in the same sentence. It's kind of cool that uh, Duggan had a feud with both Andre and Bravo and still had a probably existing negative feelings on Andre, too, at this point. So, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. And all, all, all the way around. I mean, with with Harley, Harley yeah. was so, Harley was so weird there. Of course, the opposing team, all those guys are dead. You want to talk about a mismatch in the Survivor Series? This was the first clean sweep we ever saw. These guys literally survived. All right, wait. Andre Bravo. Yep, they died 30 years ago. And who else? Rude died in 99. Rude's gone. Perfect. Is Henning on that team? Henning died in 03. Yep. And Harley Race died like five years ago. (laughs) And And Bobby Heenan. Harley Race died... Fucking 15 years later than all the other guys on that team. Oh, but wait, is uh, Frenchie Martin, he's gone, right? Frenchie yep. Kaiser's gone? He's in the ground, yeah. Jeez, oh, so even the managers are dead. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And on the, other, on the other side, they're all still alive. Oh, and even now, even now Henning's future manager's dead. Now watch. <laughs> now, 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 I'm, now I'm fucking afraid because... One of these guys on this stage is going to die before the next show that we record. I, I know it. It's going to oh. happen. And I'm not happy. I'm not if, it's happy. Brian, if it's Brian Blair, we'll get over it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to reserve comment on that. 
Whether it's living till tomorrow, or fear of snakes, or fear of hard work, you can think about that, all right? What a love. What the hell was that? It was kind of a weird well, it was Jake. I mean, Jake has his own psychology. I also just realized that Tito and Blair teamed in the prior year's Survivor Series. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Survivor Series report. You know what I? You know what I, I like about this. Speaking of Jake, it was just the other day on Groundhog Day as part of our our chat group that we have amongst our friends. I made the thing about I put the comment. I go, it's pitiful. You're all a bunch of hypocrites. They used to pull the rat out and eat it, right? And then you did the you followed up with as Chekhov says and you, the long winter. And then I wrote. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. better. (laughs) Yeah, if you're expecting Jake to abide by some, you know, longstanding thing to end his promos, you got another thing coming, buddy. (laughs) All right, so Survivor Series report, I'll let this play, and hopefully we get a team promo out of this. Mm. That would be a nice little bonus, since the the last event center is going to leave us wanting. (laughs) My name is Your Wanting. You're wanting, and you can't play in the man's game. Mm. Look at that picture. Uh, look at this. A Mega Powers promo. Mm-hmm. Look at the lust in the, his eyes already. The, the, only, only the two. So what I like to look for when you have these two guys is Savage reacting to what Hogan is saying. Yeah. Because you know that they're... the. the the build is happening towards this, and Hogan's going to say something mm-hmm. during this where Savage is going to be like, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> is it something about Hogan being, like, the number one guy? No, it'll it'll be Elizabeth as manager or something, okay. I think. All right. You know something, macho man, Randy Savage, make up power, brother. Oh, he's there with the boss fucking man. Put the handcuffs on me when the slickster maced me. They didn't get the job done because they didn't realize you and I were already as one. We both had our minds, bodies, and souls set on the Survivor Series with Coco, Hercules, and Hillbilly as our partner. I think our teams get the edge because after they beat me like a dog with a nightstick, the big boss man, I'm going to look across the ring. And every one of those dudes on that team, when I see them, they'll all look like the big boss man. All you're going to have to do is push me in the right direction. Beautiful, I like it, I like it. The biggest mistake ever made was by the boss man, yeah. Handcuffing this man, no man can handcuff this man right here. This is a Hulkamaniac, this is the Hulkster, this is Hulk Hogan, this is one half of the Mega Powers, this is the Survivor Series, yeah! And each and every person that's on our (laughs) side, yeah, we realize how important this is! And Hillbilly Jim and Coco beware, and the mighty Hercules, he's one of us, Hulk Hogan, I know him now, I've seen him now, and he's ready for the Survivor Series, I guarantee it, yeah! Well, you know, after the seance we had, brother, when you and I... Oh, here we go. <laughs> if, if, if you can't win clean, just baffle him with bullshit, am I right? Satanic black magic. Sick shit. This is years before Shango would come along. <laughs> I like that two years in a row, Savage is getting involved in fucking seances. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. Uh, he established connections in the seance community. <laughs> There's a whole community out there, you know. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Dozens. I there... think that Savage must have had like stock in like the sale of Ouija boards or something. <laughs> well, Ouija boards were a big thing at that time. Mm-hmm. I haven't noticed anything amiss with these guys. They they seem to be having a good, friendly promo, like they're so recording, f- like they're recording a GFA live or something. So far. <laughs> so far. You know, I've always wanted that Savage headband, and you can't even find them on, like, eBay. Yeah, I'm surprised that they don't make that as a retro item, because I yeah. think because 88 Savage, I mean, I'm not, I'm probably not alone in thinking that that's the coolest version oh, of sure. Savage. Well, that, the Savage cert, it, it, you can get, the one that's just the Macho Man, the purple Macho yeah. Man. Yeah. But that's, like, I don't know if you, can you get that on WWE? I think you can get that on WWE shop. You can get it on like pro wrestling tees, but I just want the friggin' headband so bad. <laughs> that orange headband right there. The one he's wearing right here is what I want. You can wear it wherever you want. Yeah. Unless of course, unless of course you're serving in Congress and you have cancer and, and, and you know, that that's a no go. You can't fucking wear a headband then. Cause no. God smoke all you want, but, but don't wear a fucking headband. Yeah. Wear AR 15 pins instead of American flag pins. If you want, but don't wear a headband. Hercules and Hillbilly, when we all held hands on Venice Beach, when we put our toes in the Pacific Ocean, when we looked up above the Pacific Ocean, lightning, unite us as one, we're all Hulkamaniacs, when we got hit with a thunderbolt, I knew right then, brother, that all the Hulkamaniacs on our team could wipe out the big boss man, DiBiase, the rooster, Akeem, Haku, a bunch of bums, but you know something, macho man? You know something, Macho Brother? Even though we've been struck with lightning bolts, even though we're united as one, as Hulkamaniacs, we gotta watch out for the lovely Elizabeth. What would you do if one of those dudes tried to put handcuffs or hurt her? Mm, okay. Well, things have taken an interesting turn now. We have, we have just officially done all the cocaine, Savage. Let's go out there and cut this promo. It's like, all right, we're cutting a new normal wrestling promo. We're going along. All right, we're going to bring up seances. But people are familiar with Ouija boards. Hey, what if one of those guys smacked around your female manager? Come on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> who we happen to who who we're not necessarily saying is a girlfriend or or wife to you, but you know, is a girlfriend or wife. We're not saying that she isn't, but we're not saying that she is. Oh, for Christ's sakes, Hulk. Why did you have to bring me into this? For Christ's sakes, Hogan. <laughs> I'm so glad I got an opportunity to bring back uh, foul mouth Elizabeth. J- for, just this one time. Oh, for Christ's sakes, Hulk. <laughs> I'm talking right now, and I'm talking to you, everyone. Yeah. Boss man, Akeem, man, DBRC, Red Rooster, and King Aku, yeah. One of these things is different. Now, you, you might be like, why does why does Red Rooster get his name before King Haku? And I would counter, no, King Haku demanded the end credit like mm-hmm. Bob Uke, like Bob Uecker in Mr. Belvedere. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Tonga Fafita as King Haku. That's right. <laughs> and introducing. Maybe, you know, I should really just devote my life to making Survivor Series teams and fit them into uh, like a Barney Miller parody mm-hmm. <laughs> and just play the Barney Miller theme and have it like 
show Haku in action, you know, when it shows it starring Tonga Fafita as King Haku. That's what that, my friend, is the Patreon. <laughs> my 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 weird YouTube channel that I haven't updated in two and a half years. That is how that's that's your retirement plan right there. Is to start doing that and then you can retire because so many people will give you Patreon money just to see what new 80s, 70s or 80s sitcom you can create a Survivor Series team promo introduction with. Like imagine like imagine doing like the imagine doing like the tag team, the heel tag team to like the theme of soap. I was going to say Benson. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we were close. Benson was on soap. We need we need to do a thing where like you know at the end of the Benson theme where, where the dog the the dogs are attacking him and yeah. he runs back into the house. It would be like at the end of SummerSlam '88 when the Rougeos slap the bulldogs and then quickly run away. I would use that footage. You know what I want to do? You know what I think would work so well with the uh, the the heel Heenan family team one? Mm-hmm. It's if you did it like the interesting of thank you for being a friend. Starring Andre the Giant, Andre it, Rusimov as Andre the Giant, and instead of Tully Blanchard, uh, you know, wrestling or something like that, I would just insert that footage from Scarface with Pacino's face in the cocaine. <laughs> I feel like that would be an apt substitute. That's the '89 Survivor Series. I'm talking about yeah. the '88 one. <laughs> they didn't have a Heenan family one. He was yeah, but it was there. basically the Heenan family plus Dino Bravo. Keenan was down there for 75% of the fucking matches on that show. I know, but like that. All right. So it was Bravo and then the entire rest of the Heenan family. Technically, Harley Race was not part of the Heenan family. No, neither was Kurt Henning, but still, I mean. Well, yeah, I guess. I just want to I just want to think of, you know, how that's that one scene in the opening where uh, Dorothy like flings Rose into the closet. Yeah, because Dorothy constantly gets violent in that opening theme, but yeah. Yeah, I just want to have that scene where Andre throws, like, Rick Rude into a closet. (laughs) Well, he's the the skinniest one. And then Andre throws his hands up in the air and says, shut up, Dino Bravo. (laughs) And if you threw a party, invited everyone you you knew. If you threw a party, I invite everyone you knew. Surprise we years is enough for Lent to be a champion. <laughs> and Surprise. the card attached would say, thank you, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Surprise we haven't broken down that theme song. Anyway. That's next week. Anyway, this promo is still going. Don't pass the danger zone. You guys are doing hard time. Hard time. The- what are they going to do in the Survivor Series when the mega powers run wild on them? Yeah. <laughs> Seemed to be a little mistimed there at the end. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh shit. Yep. He, the he, Here it the, is. The responsorial psalm, and look at all these fucking people. It's a work of art right there. That is. God damn it. Yeah. We, we, Akeem is in row four, unfortunately, so I don't think we're gonna be hearing from him. <laughs> Rick. Red Rooster is back in coach. <laughs> Who the hell is that behind Boss Man? Behind Boss Man? That's slick. Oh, that's who it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all they're all there with mm-hmm. uh, the managers and bodyguards and mm-hmm. everybody. 
So we have eight people in frame here. All right. How many of these eight people talk? I'm going to say three. Hmm. Well, Virgil's not going to talk. No, I think it's Bossman, Heenan, and DiBiase. I I am guessing that they are all going to talk. Well, half of them are going to talk. It's going to be DiBiase, Bossman, Heenan, Slick. Okay. Akeem, Akeem, I'm on the fence. But he's still working through shit, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like what to say. I mean, we did get that, you know, uh, rare and well done promo uh, a few weeks back. But mm-hmm. and, and Terry Taylor is just pondering what his life is ahead as a farm animal. Mm-hmm. And Virgil just didn't talk. And King Haku didn't have to talk. And Haku only says two things, right? <laughs> uh, actually, yes. Haku, Haku does talk on occasion what yes and he also says i am the king that's right (laughs) that's all he has to say really that's right because the show being back in baltimore the scene where he uh bit that guy's nose off back Mm -hmm. in june yeah you know you talk about the word survivor you talk about the survivor series Everybody knows the big boss man here from the penitentiary can survive. You know, a king can survive. You know, the king has survived. With this man's money, he can survive anything. With the rooster and myself, we can survive anything. But how can those other humanoids survive? Hogan, you are a habitual loser and you know it. And you're surrounded with people who can't survive. Right, big boss man? Uh, Hulk Hogan, Survivor Series 88. Uh, But I brought an extra set, a little bigger, a little stronger, to finish the job I started with you. I know I can count on my team. Do you know you can count on yours? Were them goofy pukes there to save you when I was beating you like a yard dog with my stick? Were they there? Can you count on them on Survivor Series? Ah, You tell them, Bibiasi. Survivor Series, the name speaks for itself. That's right. And it's not survival of the fittest, it's survival of the richest. And I've got my team so jacked up. Why are they jacked up? They're jacked up because I filled their pockets. I've given them a reason to go out and do what they need to do. You know, there's two kinds of wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation. There's a kind that go to the front office and they beg and plead for favoritism, want patting on the back. They want all you people out there to cheer them on the glory. That's all they care about. And then there's our kind of people, the people that are here for what it's all about, money. And they'll do anything and everything they can to get it. And I've already lined their pockets and patted their pockets. And while all you... Nickel and dime, crumb-eating peons are out there giving thanks for the major things you have. My team is going to be out celebrating a great victory and eating at the best of everything. And you, Hogan, Savage, Coco, Birdman, and Hillbilly, and especially you, Hercules, Hercules, Hogan, my slave. Feel the pain, Hogan, feel the pain. All right, so we didn't hear from Slick. No, I I kind of chuckled there at the end when Rooster clearly didn't know what to do with his fucking hands. So he like went up with like almost like the neck massage for mm. uh, for DiBiase and then like quickly took it back. <laughs> oh, Survivor Series promo team promos. I can I can never get enough. Like I I. I I always joke about I would watch a four-hour video of this or that. I was like, no, I would literally fucking watch a four-hour straight video of just Survivor Series team promos. <laughs> maybe that maybe that should be the thing that I should dedicate my life to. Maybe. Yeah. 
Or just I mean, create a, create a YouTube channel that's just Survivor Series team promos. I mean, you'd probably get at least a good solid five or six years worth of sh- like shows, you know? Yeah. They once, kinda, they, I mean, they kept it going up through like '96. You, you get know? eighty. You get eighty-seven to ninety-one, basically, because the event center stuff. Do you really get that? Like after 92 when there was only like a couple of team matches and yeah, the, fo- the focus was on other things. Yeah, but it, it, no, but it came back in 93, 94, 95. I think you had them more. You that, know? Is, that is true. I have to make sure I pause this. No, we you don't, don't have to pause this. One, one second future Hall of Famer, Dino Bravo. <laughs> Bravo should have gone in on the first ballot. Oh. All right, when Bravo goes in the Hall of Fame, is he going to wear an Expos hat or is he going to wear a Blue Jays hat? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think I love the I love that you belong now to the contingent of it's not a Hall of Fame until Dino's in it. Yeah, <laughs> I think Bravo should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame as well. But he, he never he never played. Doesn't matter. He he inspired he inspired countless millions. And we don't know what that insp- it could have been towards baseball. So I think we should induct him into the Baseball Hall of Fame just in case. <laughs> Dino Bravo is in the Baseball Hall of Fame and Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds aren't. What you know, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to start a campaign to rename the uh, airport in Italy instead of the Fumicino uh, at Fumicino. It's the Leonardo da Vinci. I think we need to start calling it the Dino Bravo, Dino Bravo Italian Canadian Airport. Why don't we just rename the one in uh, either Montreal or Quebec City? Because I didn't know what the name of the airports were up there. So. <laughs> I think it's Drapeau in Montreal. <laughs> I, I know that Dino Bravo is an Italian Canadian, and I knew that I know the name of the airport in Rome. <laughs> oh, excuse me, it's it's the Pierre Trudeau. Oh, oh, well, yeah, you're not yeah. going to change that? Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, shit, at this point, they're going to name the fucking country Trudeau instead of Canada. Uh, uh, Jean Lesage International Airport in uh, outside of Quebec City. And if I and, and let's be honest, if they're going to rename the Canadian, if they're going to rename the airport in Montreal anything, it's going to be named the Jacques Rougeau Airport. I mean, let's be serious. <laughs> he went over Hogan clean. Yep. Bravo never did. Oh, Jim Duggan, how about it up to here with you? And on Survivor Series, your American holiday, Duggan, I'm going to fix you up once and for all. I'm coming after you, Duggan. <laughs> hey, he's echoing that promo from, from Ding when he's like, I'm coming right at you, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no, he's going to come down and he's going to watch. He's coming after him right now. <laughs> And we, I have some sad news to report. It appears that this is the taping where Dino is switched to the green trunks. <laughs> and us Dino Bravo gearheads are, are very mindful of that. Yeah. Like, what an <laughs> asshole wearing green trunks. There's not even any green in the friggin' flag. Fucking Frenchie Martin had the, the, the flag was all fucking furled on itself. Like, he forgot to unroll it. Fucking he nauseating. Had, he, he had to stop and, like, un, unroll the flag that he had been trying to wave for 10 seconds. Fucking Frenchie Kaiser. Fucking nauseating. <laughs> Duggan Duggan's wearing, like, a nice navy blue. Yeah, the very, very dark blue, yes. Yeah, I like the navy blues. You never see Duggan do that. Oh, the old glory knee drop. <laughs> 
Oh, beautiful maneuver. If this was a worldwide taping in, in 98, that guy wouldn't be getting up. <laughs> Wasn't Duggan just out on the stage like 10 minutes ago? Uh, yes, he was. He can do two things. <laughs> it does other things! <laughs> uh, so, isn't that like uh, Mayor Quimby names it Marge Simpson Day? Uh, sir, it's already Veterans Day. It can be two things. <laughs> All right, there's the uh, big three-point stance clothesline. Duggan Listen wins it. Listen to the pop Duggan gets, though. Like, Duggan gets a hell of a pop. Oh, from this point for the next couple of years, he's top five. Yeah. 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 He wasn't like, doing he wasn't doing much in ninety, maybe, but I like know. Hacksaw. I'm gonna write him a letter. And he he also repelled an intruder into his house. Yeah. That guy the guy takes no shit. I'm gonna write Hacksaw a letter today. Oh great. When you're done with the Kern one, you'll be right on it in six months. The best is I said I was going to send Hal Linden a card, too, because his birthday's coming up. Well, that one, I'll, I'll cut you a little bit of a break. But if, if any one of these guys passes away before you write the letter, I'm going to be fucking uh, do. All right. I'm doing it today. As soon as we wrap this show, I'm going to go out and type. the. I'm going to type. I'm going to write the letter to Steve Kern. I want it on a typewriter, though. <laughs> I have a Lego typewriter. Will that count? Mm-hmm. Oh, here are the uh, driver's license photos. Hey, they're all kind of... Oh, yes, that's right. I already made the joke about Patera holding up a brick that you can't see because it's slightly out of frame because he has his arm up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, the rest, the rest of them all look pretty normal. What kind of likeness is that? Yeah. No, they all look good. Now, here's the question. Out of these, did was Patera known as like a drug addict as well? No. Okay, so then we have to assume that Duggan and Roberts and Blair did all the drugs on this team, right? Well, I think Duggan was probably trying to stay clean at this point, given uh, given how he got into trouble the year before. <laughs> if he had gotten into that kind of trouble again, he would have been gone and he would have never been seen again, no matter how much money he could draw. So you think Jake just did all the drugs? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I think so. Okay. Okay. And of course, well, Blair was suspended around the same time that Jake supposedly was in '87, <clears> when they when they started crack. When Vince made his weird decision of like, I'm gonna crack down on cocaine, but not weed. Like he, he, yeah. Vince was actually a forerunner to actually separate out the kind of kind of drugs, knowing that weed was a little bit uh, less harmful. Yeah. Than, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do a bunch of weed and drive around. That's for sure. No. So this is the annoying event center where uh, Mooney is just going to talk the entire time and say who are on the teams. We're still using the Andre photo from early 88. Yeah. Where it looks like Andre has a scarf on. Mm -hmm. And when we've now put Brunzel in the spot, Brunzel might be holding up a brick too. Mm. There's Honky Bass, but they let they listed Bass on the left and Honky on the right. So I guess the team is Bass Honky. No, no, they fucked they fucked this up. Honky should be on the left here because the, he's showing he's holding the microphone with his right hand and he's mm -hmm. got his left arm extended yeah. with the guitar in it. So yeah. he should be on the left side. Yeah, because Bass is coming straight on. Mm hmm. The stuff at the bottom, Danny Davis should probably be on the left and Valentine should be on the right. 
Valentine should be looking back into frame. I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this fucking matters. Seriously. None of the fucking things we've ever talked about on this podcast matters one iota. <laughs> you know, if you took all those guys, you could have one hell of a, you could have a hell of a, like, book villain. It was like, it was like outlaw Valentine, bad, bad Davis man, mm-hmm. bad Danny man. Uh, you know, the heel team in the main event, only boss man has passed away. Yeah. So four four of the five are still alive there. Yeah. I mean, okay. you would have thought that Terry Taylor would have committed suicide by now because of how many times he's committed career suicide. Well, he he keep, keeps getting work from promotion to promotion. How does right, he do you, keep getting work? Okay. Do you want to hear Mooney explain the rules or no? <laughs> I mean, let's talk over it, but go ahead. Man is eliminated. He is eliminated through either a countout, a disqualification, or a pin. The only difference is in the Survivor Series tag team. I noticed he didn't say, no uh, or if the, the referee, no, he said submission. Referee stoppage due to an injury. Mm. Yeah, leave, Jesse, the inj- leave the injured on the field. Jesse brought that up before. Yeah. All right, so our live guys here are Warlord, Barbarian, Brett, both young stallions, both rockers. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so we have a majority here as well. We have seven guys still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Both, both, both. Oh, and M- Matilda is dead as well. Yeah. <laughs> why did I, why did I have to bring that up? I don't know. Come on, huh? Determined or not, that dog is long dead. I mean, the... long dead. Determined or not, that dog is long dead. So that uh, the bar the Baron, who of course wouldn't even show. Hey, you know, a... you know, I gotta tell you, um, you know how like usually on February second, like AMC will play Groundhog Day, the Bill Murray movie, over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know what usually makes me upset is the scene when he's got the groundhog in the car and then he drives off the cliff. I get upset with that because I don't like to think that that in that alternate universe that groundhog died. I don't like it when any kind of <laughs> any kind of injury or pain or death comes to an animal on television or film. I don't like that. Well, it's much easier to separate when it's a groundhog because nobody keeps a groundhog as a pet. But when it's a dog or a cat or or you know a like a parakeet or something. Yeah, I don't want any of them to die. I I don't like seeing death come to animals. That's no. People, yes. people, I'm okay. Not animals. In now, fact, in fact, I think that everything in the John Wick universe is completely justifiable because they poor they killed that poor dog. Ah, okay. So so sad. Interesting. Anyway, back, actually, so, back, but anyway, back to dead wrestlers. Back, back, more 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 dead wrestler talk uh we got the heel tag team group and i gotta say a lot of these guys are still i would say i would say the only two dead are probably the bolsheviks right oh zukov's still alive he is yeah he's oh, okay. he, he's only uh 64 jim, years old jim nelson yes Oh, the, gr- okay. the, gr- the great Jim Nelson, one of the all-time greats here in the World Wrestling Federation. And who were the conquistadors at this time? Uh, it would be Jose Luis Rivera and Jose Estrada. Oh, are they still both with us? I believe so, yeah. I mean, Is Slick still with us? 
yes, he is. Oh, so the only one gone is Nikolai. That that is correct. Yeah. So we have nine. Oh, well, Fuji. Fuji's gone. Nine out of ten. Hmm. By the way, if if you click on the Conquistadors Wikipedia page, it yeah. fucking brings you to Edge and Christian. <laughs> That's awesome. Like like who fucking cares? Like any any wrestling shit that happened after like two thousand. Fucking who cares? Seriously, just fucking fucking bury it. Like with 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 everything else. Well, that's like when that's like when they try to say that, like, one of the doinks was Chris Jericho because he showed up on Raw one time as like that doesn't count. Yeah. Or the 93 Survivor Series thing, where it was the Bushwhackers and men on a mission. No, the doinks are Kern and uh, Matt Bourne. Yeah. By the way, maybe Ray Apollo. Did you notice they cut off uh, Mooney mid-sentence there? That was funny. Because <laughs> they were sick of it, too. Yeah. It's like you yeah. Sinatra at the Grammys. Mm. <laughs> oh, Randy Savage on Brother Love next week. Mm. I mean, maybe he'll bring out the whole thing. Oh, there's a fresh matchup. Brutus Beefcake versus the Honky Tonk. Jeez, I've never seen this match before. <laughs> oh, is Honky going to finally get his hair cut? No. The heat is all gone. Does Beefcake finally get his win over Honky Tonk Man? <laughs> no, but we are going to get promos from Honky and uh, oh, a honk, a Honky. Uh, he he knew to take care of Hogan's friends. Yeah, he sure did. Look, Brutus, my hair has never looked the same since you chopped it off. I know it, Jimmy, and it never will. But, Brutus, let me tell you one thing. You won't be strutting, and you won't be cutting next week because it's you and me, baby, and I'm going to play the tune for you like only you remember, and you know what it feels like. Oh, now we get beefcake on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does he uh, mention Buckman Street at all? <laughs> Poker or anything to do with cards. <laughs> Just when you thought it was over, it's only just begun. <laughs> to you, Jimmy Hart, there's nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you, Honky Tonk Man, right here, next week, when Blue Ties Barbershop is business. No, sorry, not not until 91. Mm. Mm. Oh, uh, that'll do it for superstars this week. Yeah. Well, Robin, you've said it all. <laughs> God, I, I got punchy there at the end. <laughs> but as, I, as I've told you, I, I watch less and less of this stuff in my spare time. Mm. It's just the way just the way that things uh, work out. I'm not watching the shit from the Spectrum in 82 anymore, which no. is a shame because that's where I used to hear stuff like this. We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> yes, we did. I don't think I have ever thrown it to that like that before, but no, that's fine. Uh, I told I was texting you the other night about how I was at my mother's house and I was trying to turn on the Bruins game. But then her auto record came on because she was recording two programs at the same time. And I didn't know how to do it so that it would not unrecord one of them. So it turned to the $100,000 pyramid, and the two celebrities were Ralph yes. Macchio and Lorraine Bracco. Yes. <laughs> and I find it great to know that your mother was records the $100,000 pyramid. I think that's amazing. Well, I mean, we used to watch the, the daytime version in the 80s with Dick sure. Clark. I mean, I remember that from, you know, 
before I even went to you know, school. You know what I always loved is how he would come up at the end and like continue trying to get the person to guess the fucking word like it meant anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that that was a good. I always liked how what inspired me to be good at math was how quickly Dick Clark would add up the numbers of uh, of how much the person had won if they didn't complete the entire thing. Uh, two, four, five, $550. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, God. But I used to just think he was such an asshole when he would come up and go like, like the person wouldn't get the word. The word was like sandwich and he wouldn't get the word and he would be like, you know, what about peanut butter and jelly? Oh, tuna fish? Italian. Oh, sandwich. Yeah, sandwich. Yeah, that would have been good if you had done. You know who's kind of carried on that tradition is Pat Sajak. Like when you watch Wheel of Fortune at the end, if the person doesn't get the final thing on Wheel of Fortune, he kind of goes, you didn't have the good letters there. And and the only reason I know this is because I usually watch the end of Wheel of Fortune every night because I watch Jeopardy almost every night. So I always see the end result, the end game and it's like he always goes yeah maybe if you had some different letters you know like if you had picked like q and z and yeah you know you'd have that now yeah. and what did you win oh yeah we can't well we couldn't give you the new car but you know you, you won twenty five thousand dollars that's a good payday right you know i always love that he's such a dick when he does that he goes yeah well you didn't really have the best set best letters to work with huh <laughs> yeah well i mean because Sajak is still there, and on, on Jeopardy, we either have uh, Ken Jennings or Blossom. And uh, um, I'm I actually, it, oh, yes, uh, I, I was gonna say I'm going to it a Jeopardy. To... Oh, you are. Okay, I'm going to a Jeopardy taping next week. Oh, I'm gonna yes, be in right. sunny California next week. Yes, and I'm going yeah. to a Jeopardy taping on Tuesday. Oh, so <laughs> what are you going to spoil the taping like you fucking Meltzer? Like crowd didn't react to the defending champion. Got no pop at the beginning. What I'm hoping to do is go almost the entire show. And then right at the end, when like they do the final Jeopardy, I'm going to go. The answer's the Titanic. Like just scream. Out the <laughs> I think you would probably be arrested. I think I Jeopardy probably. is codified into the uh, laws. In, interrupting a game show you could a felony 401-8 the best part is is they put you in jeopardy jail which is like which is like what they used to have at the vet <laughs> it's, <sighs> it's a cage and the cage is they keep the cage in the audience above so like they love it they raise the cage to as a warning to all you other people I'm not sure what the security guys at Jeopardy in the studio audience would look like, but if you pulled all that shit, I'm pretty sure they'd just be like, "He's gotta go." Yeah, yeah, well, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> get him out of here. They would say, "We can't have him in the social club anymore." <laughs> social club, he's gotta go. Well, we'll we'll see we'll see what we can do about recording a show, or or we could take a break for a week. Oh no no, know? I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm only going Monday through Friday. I'll be back next weekend. So. Oh, you! Oh, you're leaving in two days. I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, Today's I'm Sunday. sorry. I'm sorry. I thought today sorry, was Saturday. Jim. No, I'm I'm taking my my mother's my mother's always wanted to go to like Los Angeles and like Beverly Hills and all that kind of shit. So I said to her, I go, you know what? We'll go. So I'm taking my mother out to California. Uh, we're leaving tomorrow. We're going to go for five days. We're going to go. 
we're going to go to see Jeopardy. We're going to go to the uh, Chinese theater. We're going to go to Universal Studios and do the tram ride. I'm going to check check out Heenan's house in Beverly Hills. I'm going to try. We're going to go to the Hollywood sign. We're going to go. She wants to drive up and down. She's so funny. She wants to go up and down Rodeo Drive, right? And um, I was like, all right. I was like, well, do you want to go shopping? And she goes, I can't afford anything on Rodeo Drive. I said, well, you don't know that for sure. And she goes, Keithy, I know that. I can't afford anything in any of those stores. I said, all right, well, do you want to, like, walk in like we're in Pretty Woman and then get yelled at because we don't have enough money and... (laughs) Like uh, walk out. You fouled up, Frankie. You fouled up big time. Everybody knows that in, in, in our show, it is Rodeo Drive, as indicated by Typhoon in a 1992 promo <laughs> when referring to the Beverly Brothers. Well, you guys go up Rodeo Drive. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I want to do the thing, and my mother won't get it. If I was with my brother or like you, I'm sure, like you guys would get it. When I'm driving through Beverly Hills, I want to play the song that plays on uh, Eddie Murphy's car when he's playing, when he's driving in Beverly Hills, which is the, uh, I think it's the Pointer Sisters, where it's like, burn it up, oh, like Tuesday tonight now, and you ain't there tomorrow, I can't gonna take it anymore. Like, it's Turn that, that song. <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry, Phil. I'm getting a little excited here. <laughs> yes, well. Yeah, Los Angeles, the uh, site of WrestleMania this year, which I'll be <laughs> watching. Oh, yeah. I'm going to point out to my mother. I'm going to go, that's where Los Angeles, that's where they're having the thing. I mean, it's, I don't think you're going to be taking your mother to Inglewood. <laughs> um, you know what? Well, you have to drive by it when you leave LAX. So I, I think get I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to see if I can get her to take a picture in front of Randy's Donuts. She'll have no idea why, but I'll just be like, look, this is like a night. This is a thing like you should take a picture in front of. A, ri- a reminder that Inglewood, Inglewood, up to no good. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well. My friends, my friends are like, "You're gonna drive her through Compton?" I go, "I'm not gonna take my 73 year old mother on a road through Compton." <laughs> I, go, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> well, anyway. I, I said, "Me, I will go to Venice Beach though again." Oh, okay. Yeah. Say hi to say hi to Hogan or Surfer Stink for me. <laughs> Sting, Sting clearly moved out of the neighborhood in '96. I want to get, I want to go to Venice Beach to the place where they used to like lift weights and see if I can get a picture of my mother lifted weights and just being like, my mother's training for Passion the Beach. <laughs> you should go to, you should go to Sarasota. I mean, that, that's where, that's where March was from. So, I mean, yeah. That was the apple of her eye at one my, time, my, as I understand my mother's it. Ne- my mother's never told me of her love for, you know, the uh, the, the, the panhandle of uh, Florida. That's not the panhandle. It's like over halfway. That's past Tampa, for crying out loud. <laughs> that's past Tampa. Oh, by the way, for uh, sorry, I don't know why that triggered me to remember. Of course, we lost Melinda Dillon this week, who uh, was the mother in A Christmas Story. Oh my God! Get out! Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, wow! She was 83, 83 years oh, old. I wonder if she was like sickly, and like that's why they didn't have her in that remake or the sequel. Because I often thought I was like that. She's still. I know Darren. Uh, what was his Magab- name? Darren, Darren Magab- McGavin had passed away, but I knew that like the mother was still alive, and I thought, and they like recast her, and I was like, why did they recast her? Like, why didn't they just use the same woman? I mean. 
oh, maybe she was sickly and that's why she couldn't be in that movie. That would make mo- way more sense now. Well, in oh, that's her, a shame. In tribute to her, I, I watched the movie Slapshot last night where uh, she sits in bed up, she sits sitting up in bed with Paul Newman, just completely topless for like two straight minutes. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is and, it a good the, is it a good view? It's a, it's it's a, it's an excellent view. You know, you know, 2023 so far, we've lost some notable names and um I know we're going to lose a lot more, you know, cuz just that's just the way the world goes, but um you know, I I think it's a shame that we lost Cindy Williams and Lanny oh, Poffo yes. in the same week and uh you know and I don't and think I remember, those, those two have I, never been mentioned in the same sentence before. <laughs> And I know you mentioned you went. Michael McKean is the only survivor of uh, of Happy Days, or oh no, of Laverne and Shirley at this point. And yeah, I that's went, right. Yeah. So well, that it that is the theme because you know we're talking about Survivor Series and mm-hmm. you know we're talking about an industry there where it feels like a lot of guys die young. But as we uh, as we approach this, uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's just that one Bravo team. Who knows? Bravo shouldn't have had them all train in a toxic waste site. That, that was the whole problem. That's why they're all on the ground. A toxic waste site at a super fund? <laughs> yeah. Dino Bravo was messing around too much with uh, toxic waste. That's why he got shot 43 times. <laughs> oh, cause that's... of death. Cause of death shot 43 times. <laughs> all right. That's. That's that's about enough. I, I don't mean to speak ill of the future Hall of Famer, oh, uh, you yes. know, Bravo. Mm-hmm. But uh, look out for Keithy. He's on the uh, North North South Connection podcast feed. Mm. The uh, multiverse of fabulousness with yeah. C. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you have a new one coming. Well, I also want to shout out. I don't know if anybody else out there, but like on the PTB like pop feed, they have uh, the Juke Video Juke Daily View. Blah jukebox video song of the day and i've been i'm kind of like one of the i'm like the third leg now on that on that tripod uh so and uh we we like this we do a lot of theme weeks and everything coming up and i try to get some videos out there that are a little wacky and a little fun so if it's on your podcast you can look it up it's under the place to be nation pop feed so um that's another thing i'm really proud of is that actually because it's, it's it's something different so it showcases my other interests which is music <laughs> well it's good that's good i mean yeah. uh, i i fondly remember when i used to be invited on podcasts but uh th- those days are apparently in the past now um i mean you can always come back i mean i'm sure that you know there's the invitation is still out there yeah i'm like ray leonard i'm, I'm clearly picking my spots here as uh I'm going to come back on the Donnie Lalonde podcast and uh, discuss his fight with Ray Leonard. Yeah. All right. That's that's about enough out of me for this week. Thank you for joining me once again. And please, if you can leave a review wherever the hell reviews are, Spotify, iTunes, it doesn't matter. Five stars is always appreciated. It provides social proof that you're listening to and enjoying the podcast. Yes. And tune in next time for an exciting edition G-F-A Live. Turn that off.